your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 302 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers are going to be back in action tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. The puck drops at 7 p.m. The Rangers and Sabres split a pair of games in Buffalo earlier this season. The Sabres beat the Rangers 3-2 on January 26th. The Rangers responded with a 3-2 overtime win on January 28th. That was the Blackwell to Lafreniere overtime game winner there, picking up that much-needed 3-2 victory uh, did the Rangers on that night. And back in action against Buffalo, and something that we talked about a little bit yesterday, and I think it bears repeating here today, this is a huge, huge, huge week for the New York Rangers. They've got three games coming up. They are at home against Buffalo, at New Jersey, and at New Jersey again and again. I mean, no disrespect to either the Sabres or the Devils this season. And let's face fact, the Rangers are actually 1-3 against these two teams combined so far this year. So they really got to take care of business this week if they want to make any kind of a run at, you know, a playoff chase here to just kind of climb back into the standings get back into the race a little bit. They got to take care of business. They got to come away with bare minimum of four points. I would say five or six in these three upcoming games against the Sabres and the Devils. And I realize they're going to have to do it without Artemi Panarin, but one guy who they will get back into the lineup and somebody who I think will certainly help their cause over this next three game span and certainly beyond is Philip Heedle. He's going to be back tonight. He actually ended up missing 14 games this season with an upper body injury. We will talk about him in just a second. Uh, We're also going to be talking today. You know, obviously we're going to preview the Rangers and Sabres game a little bit. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the latest Jack Eichel trade rumors. Again, they pop up every so often, and I don't know. It seems like it might actually happen this time, but it happens so often with Jack Eichel, his name coming up in trade rumors, that it's gotten to the point where I'll believe it when I see it. Obviously, the Rangers, they're going to have their uh, name in the hat there, so to speak. I'm sure uh, they will do their due diligence, talking to the Sabres, maybe looking to bring in Jack Eichel via a trade. But again, it's one of those situations, I'm still at the point where I'll believe it when I see it, as it pertains to Jack Eichel uh, being traded from the Buffalo Sabres. I also want to talk a little bit more about Mika Zibanejad today and how the Rangers could and should handle him going forward. And also going to look to do an update on the Hartford Wolfpack. Their season is uh, you know, very much underway at this point. And uh, we're also going to discuss the possibility of Vitaly Krausov joining the Rangers at some point this season. He, of course, is playing in the KHL right now, and their postseason tournament is just about to begin. So we got a lot to do, but let's start with Philip Hedl. Very, very excited to get him back into the lineup. He ends up missing, like I said, 14 games with the upper body injury. He also had a bout with COVID uh, right in the middle of his uh, absence due to the injury. So having COVID didn't necessarily, in fact, it did not at all, tack on any additional time as far as how long he was going to be out of the Ranger lineup, but it's still COVID. It's still scary. It's obviously caused a lot of uh, you know pain and suffering around the world. It's a horrible thing. Uh, you just hope that Philip Hedl got through that okay. His symptoms weren't too bad. And uh, from a hockey perspective, you just hope that it doesn't have any effect on him. Just like we also hope that the upper body injury, which actually turned out to be a hand injury, also does not have any long-term effect on him. And David Quinn today addressing Hedl returning to the lineup. It sounds like they might roll with a lineup of Philip Hedl at center. This would be the third line. You'd have Hedl at center. Kevin Rooney would play on the left wing. David Quinn singled out Rooney and mentioned that he didn't think that he'd necessarily deserve to lose his 
third-line spot just based on how he's played, and I agree. Kevin Rooney's been very good for the Rangers so far this season. Uh, not necessarily the biggest scoring threat, but somebody who just plays very hard every single night, very strong in the forecheck, a good penalty killer, just a good, solid, all-around player, a uh, guy that you just love to have you know, in your bottom six, very valuable player to the Rangers. And then it looks like maybe Julian Gauthier on the right wing. I mean, I'm not sure. That's not penciled in. Don't quote me on that. Um, it's kind of a situation where I'll believe it when I see it because with Gautier, it seems like it's hard for him to get out of the fourth line role for very long. Uh, that's even assuming that he's active on any given night because there's certain nights where he's a healthy scratch. But yeah, you know, I could get behind a line like that. Give me Philip Heedle, Kevin Rooney, and uh, Julian Gautier. I think those players could complement each other pretty well. And you just hope that uh, they can contribute tonight and lead the Rangers to a win here. Hopefully, Philip Heedle can just hit the ground running because as we talked about, he was off to a very nice start for the Rangers this season before the injury. In five games, he scored two goals, had one assist, but beyond that, just go by the eye test. I mean, this guy was wreaking havoc. He was uh, creating turnovers. He was creating a lot of good scoring opportunities. He looked like a man possessed. We've seen this from Philip Heedle in the past where he goes on these stretches where, you know, he looks like he's about to take off and then he'll be kind of quiet for a while. And I think a lot of that you could chalk up to overall youth and inexperience in the NHL. And even now, Philip Heedle is just 21 years old. So, I mean, it's not to say like he's a grizzled veteran at this point, but he does have more NHL experience under his belt at this point, and the Rangers really need him. Like we said, they're very thin at center, and of course, because of Benajad, really struggling uh, to start the season here, and, and really, it's not even the start of the season anymore. We've played 19 games. Game number 20 is tonight, so I don't even think we're at the point where we can call this a small sample size for Mika Zibanejad. I mean, it's not an enormous sample size, but to me, small sample size is like four, five, six games, somewhere in there. 20 games, and again, they'll play their 20th game tonight, I wouldn't call that a small sample size, but we're going to talk a little bit more about Mika Zibanejad and some of the Ranger options with Mika, especially now that Philip Heedle is back in the lineup. We're going to talk about that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a Getzen game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. We got to talk about what to do with Mika Zibanejad a little bit as well. I've seen, you know, you go on social media, you go to different websites, different articles written about the Rangers and about Mika Zibanejad. Everybody kind of has uh, their own idea of 
how you can get more out of Mika Zibanejad, how you can fix Mika Zibanejad, how you can uh, help his confidence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I figure I might as well weigh in on the situation here because like we were talking about just a minute ago, game number 20 is tonight, so we're past the point where I think we can really call this a small sample size. We're 19 games into the season right now. Mika Zibanejad has all of two goals and four assists, and I do know for a fact that one of those two goals was an empty netter, and one of those, at least one of those four assists was also on an empty netter. And they all count, I get that, and good on Mika Zibanejad to, you know, help seal the game with empty net goals with the goal and the assist there on those two uh, markers for the Rangers. But yeah, I mean, we're we're getting pretty far into the season here, and uh, Mika Zibanejad just has not found his A game. And, you know, one of the ideas that I saw floated around a little bit was that, you know, you can make Mika Zibanejad a healthy scratch for a game and just let him kind of you know, collect his thoughts, catch his bearings, just kind of relax for a game, see the game maybe from the press box, just take a load off and, and just try to relax and then just try to come back fresh the next time. I don't really like this option for a couple of different reasons. First of all, if you take Mika Zibanejad out of the lineup, the Rangers are very thin at center, and I realize they're getting Philip Hedl back in this game, but, I mean, who's to say that Philip Hedl is going to hit the ground running tonight and play at the same level that he was playing at earlier in the season? I mean, it's certainly possible, and we're definitely keeping our fingers crossed that that indeed happens with Philip Hedl, but despite how badly Mika Zibanejad has struggled, when you take into account everything he's done on the, with the Rangers, and especially last season, that just fantastic season that he had leading the NHL in goals per game. I fail to see how the Rangers become a better team by taking him off the ice and making him a healthy scratch. Who do you want centering the top line? I mean, do you want Brett Howden up there? I mean, I, I, well, again, I mean, I, I know that Philip Hedl is coming back, so it'd probably be Philip Hedl taking Mika Zibanejad's spot. But even still, now you're looking at a situation where, you know, you finally get Philip Hedl back and the center position is now deeper than it's been in quite some time. You're going to counteract that by pulling Mika Zibanejad off the ice. So I don't really like that. I mean, I guess there is a little bit of an argument to be made that he could use a little bit of a mental break, but I don't even agree with it from that perspective because the Rangers have had a couple of decent-sized breaks this season. There was a stretch back in January where the Rangers only played one game in the span of five days, and having some extra days off there, that didn't get Mika Zibanejad going. And then in February this past month, and of course we're now into March, but in February the Rangers had three separate stretches where they had three consecutive days off. Now, some of those were due to postponements, obviously uh, playing a season in the COVID era. That's going to happen from time to time. But there's still days off for Mika Zibanejad. There's still days off for the New York Rangers. And that extra time off, again, three separate stretches of three days off in the month of February. None of that got Mika Zibanejad going. And for the month of March here, the Rangers' schedule is just absolutely packed to the brim. They have 16 games in the month of March. And keep in mind, they also didn't play yesterday on the 1st. They don't play on the 31st either. So you're looking at a stretch here, a 29-day stretch beginning today, where the Rangers are going to play 16 games in 29 days, which doesn't even seem possible. But facts are facts. I checked it. I double-checked it. I triple-checked it. I think my math is right. 16 games in 29 days. So even if you do make Mika Zibanejad a healthy scratch for one night, like take tonight, for example. Okay, make Mika Zibanejad a healthy scratch. It's not like he's going to get a really significant break, a lengthy sabbatical from the game, if you will, or a break that's longer than any of the other breaks that he and the Rangers got in January and February. And if you make Mika a healthy scratch tonight, okay, he doesn't play tonight. He didn't play yesterday. He won't play tomorrow either. That's still just a three-day stretch of Mika Zibanejad not playing. So he's not getting a break from the game any longer than he got three times in the month of February, if that makes sense. 
you're not giving him a significant uh, break from the game. And if you want to scratch him for multiple games, I mean, I suppose that's an option if you really think that that would help him from a mental perspective. But I just can't get on board with a plan of scratching a guy who was far and away the Rangers' second best player last year, the second best uh, scoring threat on the team, especially doing that while we know we don't have Artemi Panarin. We still don't have Capo Caco. There's other guys missing from the lineup as well. I just don't think that's a recipe for success, taking Mika Zibanejad out of the lineup. And if you want proof of that, ask the Buffalo Sabres if they'd like to see Mika Zibanejad in the lineup or not. If you give them the opportunity to have Mika play or not play, I bet they would say not play. And I think the same thing goes for the Devils. I think the same thing goes for just about any team in hockey, because even though Mika has struggled this year, you got to believe that ability still lies within him. I mean, he's shooting at a clip of 4% this season. Sooner or later, some of those shots have to start going in. I mean, nobody shoots at a percentage uh, that poor for an entire season, unless you're like a just a stay-at-home defenseman and you don't shoot that much to begin with. Sooner or later, that percentage has got to go up. Some of these pucks have to start going into the net. I'm frustrated. I get that a lot of Ranger fans are frustrated. We've got to get more out of Mika Zibanejad if this season is going anywhere. But again, I just don't see what pulling him out of the lineup as a healthy scratch would really accomplish. Unless you just truly believe that he needs to see a game maybe from the press box area, just kind of unwind a little bit, get a mental break. But again, they've had mental breaks. They've had three-day stretches in the month of February where they didn't play any hockey, and that didn't get Mika going, so I don't know why this one would either. So for my money, you just got to keep putting Mika Zibanejad back out there and just keep your fingers crossed and hope for the best and hope that he returns, maybe not necessarily to the form that he had last year, but something somewhat in that vicinity, somewhere in the same ballpark where this guy is at least a productive player and a somewhat dangerous scoring threat, preferably in the top six. Uh, now, Another option that the Rangers have with Mika Zibanejad, especially now that Philip Hedl is coming back, is you could drop him down to the lineup, maybe move him down to the third line. And this is something that, again, you know, you go on social media, everybody, you know, wants to weigh in and, and share their opinion, and that's cool and everything. But you had a lot of people saying, oh, man, put Mika on the third line, put Mika on the fourth line. And people were actually suggesting this before Philip Hedl was coming back. So think about a team without Philip Hedl where you're going to have Mika Zibanejad playing on the third line or the fourth line. Here's my question to anybody who wanted to do that. Who now takes Mika Zibanejad's spot on the top line? I mean, certainly Mika and Strom are going to be centering the first line, the second line, or the second line, the first line, whichever order you want to do it. But they're your two uh, top six centers. So if you move Mika down, are you going to put Kevin Rooney in the top line? I mean, I, I like Kevin Rooney. I like what he's brought to the table this year. I don't see him as a top line center. And you know what the Rangers would probably end up doing? They'd probably end up putting Brett Howden on the top line because if you guys remember during training camp, there was a time where the Rangers were without Mika Zibanejad because he was still, he had COVID or he was recovering from COVID, one or the other. But bottom line, he wasn't available. And Brett Howden was actually the guy centering the Kreider and Buchnevich lines. So do you really want to drop Mika Zibanejad down to the third line and make room for Brett Howden on the top line? I mean, I guess it's an option, but I... From what people say about Brett Howden online, uh, I don't think that too many people will be too keen on that idea. Now that Philip Hedl is back, though, I have to acknowledge the fact that this at least possibly could happen. You could see a situation sooner or later where Mika Zibanejad actually loses his top six spot because Philip Hedl was looking really good at the start of the season. He was the Rangers' best center in the five games that he played, and I realized it was a small sample size, and I realized that Ryan Strom has picked up his game pretty considerably since then. You know, he's been solid, maybe not quite as good as last year, but he's been all right. Uh, but I see a situation where, you know, Philip Hedl, I don't think you're going to throw him into a top six role the split second that he comes back, but... If this continues, if Philip Hedl's back in the lineup and he continues to play well and Mika Zibanejad continues to struggle, the clock is ticking for Mika Zibanejad. He could find himself down to the third line at a certain point because if he 
continues to struggle to produce points and Philip Heedle continues to excel. How do you not make that change sooner or later if you're David Quinn? So now that Heedle is back, I have to at least acknowledge the possibility that we could see Mika Zibanejad fall out of the top six, which, I mean, even coming into this season, it was just unfathomable, the season that he just came off of. But, you know, facts are facts. He's still struggling to produce right now. And uh, you just got to keep your fingers crossed. I think in a best-case scenario, this does not happen for the Rangers. And you end up with three centers who are all capable and all deserving of playing on one of the top two lines, and you figure it out from there. But in a perfect scenario, you don't have to drop Mika Zibanejad, a guy who, you know, was an all-star caliber player last year. You don't have to drop him out of your top six. But if it keeps trending the way it's trending... They might have to make that move sooner or later, and I really hope it doesn't happen. I don't want to see that happen to Mika Zibanejad. I hope he picks it up and just starts to produce the way he did last season. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Tuesdays on Locked On NHL, it's all about East Coast bias, as Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference. From Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin to the defending champion Lightning, the up-and-coming Rangers, and everyone in between, Locked On NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. I've been meaning to do another check-in with the Hartford Wolf Pack as well, and I figure we got a little bit of time today. We got the Rangers in action against the Sabres tonight. Obviously, tomorrow we're going to be talking about whatever happens in that game, but it's a good time to talk a little bit about the Hartford Wolf Pack. Unfortunately, they were 2-0 to start the season. They have lost their last three games, and they obviously now sit at 2-3. and And it's funny because the Atlantic Division this year in the AHL has only three teams in it. You've got the Providence Bruins. They are 5-2. and The Hartford Wolfpack are 2-3. And, and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, the affiliate of the New York Islanders, are 2-4. And, and the reason there's only three teams is because, you know, certain teams in the AHL uh, declined to participate in the AHL season this year. And so now you've got a situation for the entire regular season. The Hartford Wolfpack are only going to play uh, the Providence Bruins and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. So those teams and those players are going to get very, very familiar with each other. And who knows, you know, maybe uh, a rivalry begins between certain players on the Wolfpack and Sound Tigers and the Miners, and that carries over to some Ranger Islander games in the future. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it happens. But yeah, bottom line, these three teams going to be getting very, very acclimated with one another and very, very uh, familiar with each other from an individual player perspective. And it just so happens that as I'm recording this, the Hartford Wolfpack are about to host the Providence Bruins. The puck drops in just a couple of minutes here at 1 o'clock on this fine Tuesday afternoon. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully Hartford can get back in the win column and halt this uh, three-game losing streak here, get back to 500. As far as who's kind of leading the way for the Wolfpack this year, just going by stats here, first of all, you got Johnny Brodzinski. He skated in four games at the Wolfpack, scored two goals, dished out four assists. That had to be part of the reason why he was the guy called up to the Rangers, you would think. And he played in the one game with the Rangers back on February 1st, and he's also skated in the last 
three games with the Rangers, the one game against the Flyers and the two games against the Boston Bruins, scored a goal in the first of the two games against the Boston Bruins for the New York Rangers. Uh, Brzezinski, you know, a little bit of a journeyman. I don't think the Rangers necessarily have any big-time plans for him, but he was playing well in Hartford and uh, clearly got rewarded for his play there. Second on the Wolfpack, again, this is just going by points. We're just going to kind of go through the roster a little bit, talk about who's doing what, but you've got Tarmo Runin in a defenseman. He skated in five games with the Hartford Wolfpack, scored two goals, dished out three assists, and just recently got promoted to the Rangers taxi squad alongside Tim Gettinger, although that was more of a procedural move, and Runinen has since been reassigned to the Wolfpack. And I know a lot of Ranger fans are really excited about Tarmo Runinen. Runinen is now 22 years old. He was selected number 98 overall back in 2016, the fourth round by the New York Rangers, and uh, somebody who the Rangers seem to be pretty high on. It seems like it's at least possible that we could see him make his NHL debut this season because as we get into the second half of the season, and depending on how this Ranger campaign shakes out, if the Rangers fall out of the playoff chase, uh, then there's a situation where I think you could see a lot of these young guys get more ice time. You could see guys like Brandon Smith and Jack Johnson moved at the trade deadline, kind of open up some spots for some of these young defensemen to get a little bit of playing time under their belt and, uh, you know, just get used to the NHL level. I mean, Rudin, it, it sounds like the Rangers are thinking that he's just about ready. I mean, like we said, he is 22 years old now. They drafted him now five years ago. And so, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see if, if he cracks the Ranger lineup. Could happen at some point. We'll just have to keep our fingers crossed there that if and when it does happen, he hits the ground running at the NHL level because it sounds like he's done quite well in the AHL. Somebody else who's impressed in the point department so far this season is Patrick Newell, a right winger. He skated in five games with the Wolfpack, three goals and one assist. And anybody who needs to know a little bit more about Patrick Newell, 25 years old, he played four years of college hockey at St. Cloud State University. His last season, his senior year, was in 2018-2019, skated in 39 games there, scored 21 goals, dished out 26 assists for a total of 47 points in those 39 games. He played for the Hartford Wolfpack six games in 2018-2019 and then this past season skated in 57 games with the Wolfpack, six goals and seven assists. So we'll just have to wait and see if the Rangers at some point want to give Patrick Newell a look. But somebody who I think uh, Ranger fans are definitely higher on and somebody who I think we could eventually see make his Ranger debut possibly this season, but that's going to be Morgan Barron. And in five games so far with the Wolfpack, he's got two goals and two assists. He is 22 years old. He wasn't exactly a high draft pick by the Rangers. He was taken number 174 overall back in 2017 in round number six. But given the overall thinness of the Rangers at the center position and also kind of the long-term uncertainty there as well, because you got to remember, uh, Ryan Strom and Mika Zibanejad both only signed for next season, and then they're both free agents all over again. So you never know what can happen there. There seems to be a pathway to playing time for Morgan Barron. I'm not so sure it happens this season, but I would say maybe as soon as next season, we get a look at Morgan Barron and we see what he can do. And the Rangers go to work trying to find out if he's going to be somebody who can be, you know, a long-term fixture of this rebuild, somebody who who can be a top six forward and be a top six center because, you know, again, that is where the Rangers are thin. And he's a big guy as well. So he's got that working in his favor. Six foot two, 209 pounds. He's got a lefty shot. So we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. But hopefully Morgan Barron can just light it up in the AHL this year and continue to cause the Rangers and the fans, for that matter, to just feel better and better about Morgan Barron going forward. And also William Cooley, a left winger. He has skated in five games, got a goal and two assists. And... It's probably still going to be a while before we see William Cooley, given that the Rangers just drafted him this past season, number 
60 overall at the end of the second round there. But in due time, you know, I think eventually William Cooley probably will be playing with the Rangers. You don't draft guys in the second round if you don't have big plans for them. I really doubt that it happens this season. Like we said, he's just kind of getting underway there with the Hartford Wolfpack this year. And in fact, he is only... 19 years old, so probably still a little ways away from making his Ranger debut, but nice to see that he's gotten off to a solid start there with the Hartford Wolfpack. These are all very small sample size. Like we've talked about, the Wolfpack have only played five games so far this season, but I thought it was still important to just kind of let you guys know how all the uh, young Ranger players and even the not-so-young Ranger players on the Hartford Wolfpack have fared thus far this season. And we'll shift our attention to goalies here as well. Keith Kincaid, who we all know from his time with the New Jersey Devils and who the Rangers are probably going to dangle to Seattle in the upcoming expansion draft, but he's playing for the Wolfpack right now. In two games, he is 2-0. and He has stopped 50 of 52 shots, so he's obviously off to a nice start. And then Tyler Wall, he is 23 years old. The Rangers took him in the sixth round, number 174 overall back in 2016. He has also played two games thus far for the Hartford Wolfpack, and he is 0-2 and has allowed seven goals on just 33 shots. So a little bit of a rough start for Tyler Wall, but like we were talking about with the skaters, and it applies for the goalies as well, uh, very, very small sample size. In fact, Wall and Kincaid have both only played two games thus far. And we'll continue to keep an eye on the Hartford Wolfpack. I'll try to give you guys at least final score updates. Maybe if somebody had a big-time performance, I'll point that out as well. But we'll check in uh, periodically with the Hartford Wolfpack throughout the season because it always is fun to see how the Ranger prospects are faring in the minors, see who could be, you know, maybe close to being called up to the Rangers, if not this year, maybe next year. Just always fun to keep tabs on everything happening within the organization, track some of these high draft picks. But those are the guys who have really stood out thus far for the Hartford Wolfpack this season through five games. And the only other thing that I wanted to talk about today was Vitaly Kraftsoff. We've got an update on him. Basically, the update is that he's still not available to the Rangers because Kraftsoff, as most of you probably know, is still playing in the KHL. Had a pretty solid season for himself over there playing for Tractor. The KHL postseason is about to begin. In fact, they start tomorrow on Wednesday, or, or Kravtsov's team does anyway. Tractor will play tomorrow on Wednesday, their first postseason game. And Kravtsov's availability to the Rangers is, again, just going to depend on how Tractor fares in this tournament. It is a 16-team playoff tournament. Tractor is a five-seed. They're going up against number four, Salavat Uleoff. And Kravtsov in 49 games with Tractor this season scored 16 goals, dished out eight assists for a total of 24 points in the 49 games. Not exactly eye-popping numbers, but it's definitely a step in the right direction for Vitaly Kravtsov. It's the best season that he's had in hockey since the Rangers drafted him number nine overall back in 2018. Uh, he played 39 games with the Wolfpack last season, six goals and nine assists in that time. Uh, whenever Tractor's season ends here, whenever their postseason uh run comes to its conclusion. That could be where Vitaly Kravtsov uh, finds himself playing for the Hartford Wolfpack whenever he gets back to the States. We're just going to have to wait and see if the Rangers are still struggling to score goals. Maybe they feel like it's time to roll the dice for Vitaly Kravtsov. My only ask of the Rangers, whatever they do with Kravtsov, whether they assign him to the Wolfpack, whether they decide to just throw him right out there onto the Rangers, my only ask is that whatever you do, make sure you have some kind of a plan in place. Do not put him in a situation where he's on the Rangers, but he's a healthy scratch one night, and then he's back in the lineup, and then he's a healthy scratch, and he's back in the lineup. This is not somebody who was taken in the sixth or seventh round that you don't really have any uh, big-time long-term plans for. This is a guy that you took number nine overall just a few years ago. So if you're going to have him on the Ranger roster, then make sure I would say that he's at least in a top-nine role and that he's getting more than, like, you know, seven minutes a night because it's going to be Leas Anderson all over again. I hate to even bring up that name, but if you just put him out there for, you know, a handful of minutes every single night on the fourth line, that's not going to do anything to help 
uh, Kravtsov's development. And if that's all you have for him at the time, then put him in the AHL with the Hartford Wolfpack. Let him continue to hone his craft. Let him continue to take steps in the right direction of being ready to be an NHL hockey player. I think it's really as simple as that. If you put him on the Rangers, make sure you have some kind of a plan in place. Make sure that you have some kind of a role for Vitaly Kravtsov. And as far as tonight's game against the Sabres is concerned, the Rangers have already announced it's going to be Igor Shosturkin between the pipes. That's cool with me. You know, Georgiev has been very good, but you got to work Igor back in there as well. And no starting goalie yet announced for the Buffalo Sabres, but the Sabres have really been struggling. Uh, we mentioned Jack Eichel. You got all the Jack Eichel trade drama and him wanting probably to get out of town and go somewhere else. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But the Sabres beyond that have just really, really struggled this season. They've actually been shut out in consecutive games by the Philadelphia Flyers over the weekend. They twice lost 3-0 to the Flyers. So two straight games without a goal for the Sabres. Before that, they lost to the Devils 4-3 in overtime. And overall, the Sabres in their last five games, a record of 1-3-1. So obviously, it's not going well for the Buffalo Sabres right now. And uh, the Rangers can't let this team off the hook tonight. They got to uh, basically just kick them while they're down. I mean, I hate to be that blunt about it, but it is what it is. The Rangers, they have to get this win tonight. They have to play well over these next three games against the Sabres and the Devils and scratch and claw their way back into this playoff chase. This is a critical critical three-game stretch for the Rangers. And like we said, the Rangers got to come out of this this three-game stretch with a significant amount of points and looking good while doing so. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.